0: Hello! Welcome to ViTech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of ViTech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries, with the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about, and I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed and I promise entertained. Hello and welcome back to Vitech Talks the podcast for another exciting broadcast. Today we're joined by Krista Pontieri and we're talking about Enriching the user experience for pension fund administration. This is exciting stuff, people. Very exciting. So we're going to jump right into it. I'm going to introduce uh, Krista to you all. Uh, Krista is uh, a principal product manager at ViTech, and she delivers the vision and strat- strategic product direction for the company's retirement vertical, which includes pension administration. She brings 15-plus years of product management to her role having worked at SaaS fintech and blockchain organizations, which is a whole other podcast we're going to have to do, Krista, mm-hmm. uh, such as Bear Stearns, D.E. Shaw, and ETrade. So that's a great background. Uh, Krista, why don't you say hi to everyone and uh, tell us a little bit about some of that uh, cool blockchain experience before we get going.
1: Yeah, uh, great to be here, Steve. Thanks. Uh, my career, as, as a lot of people are, have taken you a lot of different places, but um, it was really interesting for me to work in blockchain. Um, there's a lot of, and that's a topic for another day, as you said, uh, a lot of opportunities there, especially in the general ledger and the contract, you know, ownership. And also um, in transactions of, you know, fund tr- settlement uh, instead of T plus three, you know, have instant settlement, a lot of applications across uh, emerging markets and um, remittance market. So that's some of the work I've done before.
0: Super exciting! We've got another show brewing.
1: Yeah, let's we're do those
0: it. of you in the production uh, booth. And I'm going to get a, you with you offline and talk about my crypto investments and see what we can't. Oh do boy, that. yeah, we're, yeah. So. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about enriching the user experience for pension fund administration, which is a critical piece of fund administration today as Certainly the plans themselves, the employer groups, the members, all stakeholders that really need to be serviced well, and as we, as we try to do that, customer service, digital experiences, data uh, uh, certainly comes into play, and we'll be covering all of that ground here today with Krista. So, um, so let's start with why is it important? For pension funds to worry about their customer experience? Mm -hmm. And how is it that data, you know, uh, uh, comes into the picture here?
1: Sure. Yeah, so as you know, you know, uh, pension funds provide the retirement savings for tons of people. These are people who are primarily in the public sector. There are public servants, a lot of them, you know, our police officers, our fire workers, our teachers. So they really not only deserve great retirement savings, but they really rely on these savings as as part of their retirement. Um, and it it's one of the ways that we um, they attract their members to have these public service sector jobs, so that they have this secure defined benefit pension coming to them. And in the financial uh, markets, my you know prior background, they are really the, one of the largest sources of the investment capital for the financial capital markets in the United States. So it's really important from that perspective for these funds to be administered as, as efficiently and, and cheaply as possible so the more can go into the hands of those very deserving uh, retirees and not into the administration costs. And one of the best ways or one of the easiest ways that you can um, service the members a little bit more efficiently is by using uh, data and especially when you have a digital application the ease of collection and data management is much more easier than if you have an offline you know paper-based process so empowering that data and, and leveraging it, it has, is really powerful
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and and you speaking to the the the, uh, the type of person in these funds right uh, and how important it is for them to to have, you know, real, you know, strong service experiences because it's so important to them. This is a big part of, you know, why they do these jobs, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, um, we very va- much value their public service. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And they deserve it. That, that population deserves uh, the best service that you can give them.
1: Right. How many of them
0: know that you're actually doing this on the blockchain? No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> one day. One day. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: All right, that's great. So tell me more about how data can be used to more effectively and efficiently serve this, uh, you know, critical critical population.
1: Sure, yeah. So you can use data in, you know, two different ways. You can look at the historical data and retroactively say, how could we have better serve these members? And then you can also be proactive and kind of put your self in the shoes of the small segments of of data of your population, of your member database population, and expect what they would um, want to see or need to see in your application. So I can give you some examples. So looking retroactively, you can look for all the different topics that are coming through in your CRM. What are my members calling us about or asking us about? What are they confused about in my online application here? So then you could um, uh, address that using uh, creating new FAQs or did you knows when they log into the system where they left off, and you can really help. Prevent them to having to pick up that phone call or send that email across, um, which would obviously reduce your service cost on the fund administration side, and also, you know, empower the uh, end user and give them a better experience. Yeah, there's a lot of times where there's, you know, service credit purchases for military leave, et cetera. There, there's a lot of questions like, did 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 they know that they were able to get credit for that service? So just kind of looking at. The, the topics that have caused those uh, those questions in the past can help you going forward.
0: Yeah, that data analytics right around the user journey is what you're talking through, right? And in, in understanding while every journey is 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 unique because every person is unique, uh, there's, there's commonality across that, right? That you can use the, that commonality to anticipate uh, needs along that journey.
1: Right.
0: Um, and you mentioned yes. a number of them. You know, and especially things like when, you know, both avoiding or helping them not make that call to a physical human being because it's costly, but also knowing when that call is most important as well and and being and giving them the opportunity to make that call or even anticipating for them, right, you're reaching out on the reaching out before they even pick up the phone type thing.
1: Exactly. So that proactive approach. So what we do in product management is we take that data of your hundreds of thousands of, of members, um, and we really segment them into little groups when these, these user personas that we create. And we create user journeys, as you said, with those users, look, seeing where they are in their career life cycle. In, in the um, example of the pension industry, you know, are they just starting out in their career? Um, if so, that particular segment of your members might, those active members might need education. What is What are my pension benefits? Why is it important? Why is it important for me to rack up a lot of years of experience and service here? So I'll get a higher uh, pension check when I retire versus a member that's nearing normal retirement age. You know, that's a different segment of your population and you want to address them differently, not even to get at the fact that they might even have different digital comfortable you know, more comfortable with digital, your younger population might have grown up with a cell phone in their hands, and your older population might not be as comfortable with, with technology. So all of that's taken into account. And when your members are nearing retirement, you know, the experience that they could uh, receive when they log into the application is, hey, how about doing a retirement estimate? And then um, thinking of their their journey, what's the next likely thing they would do once they get an estimate? They might actually want to select that estimate and run a a retirement application, start that retirement application right from that estimate. So thinking through each user in really small groups, because no two users are the same and kind of coming up these little mini experiences really helps as we say, um, hyper-personalize an online experience that it um, tries to mimic the service level, um, similar to what you would have received in person. So yeah, that's no, abs- golden,
0: absolutely. That's
1: the golden. Uh,
0: uh, absolutely, and, yeah. and and you know the loyalty to you know to that brand, if you will. In this case, the plan, uh, the the uh, emotional connection to that plan. Uh, if you do this right increases Absolutely. right that their satisfaction increases and their emotional connection to the plan increases which is a total win-win not to mention okay. uh, costs go down right and this is an interesting you know next question because the founder of ITech used to always say when he would do presentations about digital customer service um and, and mind you, you know frank vidiello started this company 30 years ago so that you know he's he's seen the arc of you know digital And customer service, right? Uh and you know, from from the very first days onward. And you know, he used to always say, It's the most amazing thing. You 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 are able to get your your uh customers to do things that you are normally doing, and it saves you money. And they're happy about it.
1: (laughs) Right. Win win win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're happy, you're happy, and we save money. It's fantastic. Uh so anyways. Um, Frank was a unique uh, or is a unique individual and super smart. So it was always great to hear him talk in front of people. And that one stuck in my head. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about how data can simultaneously reduce costs for the fund while also improving member experience. You know, It's easy sometimes people think that uh, service uh, decreases when costs are cut, but that's not the case here. Uh,
1: Right. Doesn't have to be the case if it's done properly. You know, like we were saying about before, like, let's take the example of a retirement application. Users usually only retire once in their life, right? <laughs> so it's just, it's not a familiar experience as, you know, ordering a Starbucks coffee in your Starbucks app. It's something you're doing once in a lifetime. And you are you might not be in the finance industries to know what these forms of annuity really mean, right? So the there's a lot of area here where this user is unfamiliar with what's going on and it's a very involved complex process so what can you do there because back in the day you know my mother-in-law a new york public school teacher uh they came to her house Uh, a representative from the union came to their her house when she was ready to retire and uh, walk her through what a great service right but that doesn't really scale and it's very costly so how do you mimic that in a digital application? Well, you can break down that very lengthy, involved, unfamiliar experience of submitting a retirement application into small bite-sized chunks that lead and walk the user through and having that save as draft functionality so that you can save and finish later and you don't have to start over from the beginning if you're missing your proof doc, which would be, you know, maybe your birth certificate or or, or something like that. So thinking through... Um, things like that. But encouraging that digital application versus that paper or in-person application has huge costs for the um, fund, obviously. And also, assuming the user is comfortable with the experience you've created for them, they could do it 24-7, 365. They don't have to wait and come down to your office or or set up a meeting. You're really self-service, meaning you can do it at your own time. And, um, people love that, especially in the age that, that we're all right now.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. If, if it was today, your mother would be saying, do I really have to have someone come to my house to do this?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't you
0: have some strange person come to my house and take me through that. Um, that's how times have changed. Right. And that is the perfect example of how, uh, you can make customers happy while reducing your own costs through these, these great experiences. Right.
1: Yeah, sure. Another example is your retirement check. Right. Um, do you want to get a paper check um, or is it easier to get an electronic fund transfer, an EFT? Right. So encouraging the number of the members to sign up for EFT reduces your mailing costs. And it's better for the user if they're comfortable. You know, they don't have to go to the bank or do your, you know, uh, deposit of that paper check. It's less likely to bounce and you know, or not bounce, but be returned. Um, so, encourage doing a campaign to your members that are are still doing it old school in the, in the paper manual check process to con, try to convert them to EFT will benefit your fund and will benefit probably a lot of the members in, in their ease of use as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. Um, you know, you mentioned hyper personalization.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you take it a little bit more there uh, to talk a little bit more about what you mean? Uh, for for the, for the listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. So the digital revolution that we've had over the past, you know, 20 or so years has really been able to really look at members on a more of a granular level. You know, it's it's a little scary, the scary side of data is they know too much about you, you know, like we know so much about our users. So why are we doing an all one for all messaging? You know, it's more compelling if you really speak to the person in the language that's familiar to them. You don't want to talk down to somebody that knows everything about, you know, their annuity product, but you need to educate the users that don't. You want to maybe talk to, reach out to the millennials via text and a a postal campaign to your, your baby booners. So just Replicating uh, and expecting and, and delivering the message in in the format delivery and the wording that you use and the timely, knowing the stage of life the person is in. You don't want to give them content that's not relevant to them. So that's what hyper-personalization is trying to do. So it's trying to mimic that in-person experience that my mother-in-law had online, basically, because yeah. we know who you are. We know where you are in your journey. We know what your comfort level is with technology. Um, We can expect what you're going to do next. You can look at the data. You can do a user funnel analysis and see we're losing um, members on step three. Why is that? Maybe we have to redesign step three or put more education or or do something different so we get them to step four and complete that process.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes absolute sense. And it's just so interesting how things have evolved because there's still plenty of us out there that, that would make us nervous that someone knows so much about us. <laughs> and then there's a huge segment of the population um, that are okay with it because that's how they've grown up and they actually expect it, right? They right, expect right. that you know these things about me. Why would I have to tell you that? Or yeah. why would it have to be so hard when you know kind of exactly who I am and how I behave? And yeah. it's, it's such an interesting, um, you know, dichotomy. But
1: Knowing the, where the, if that person is comfortable with you knowing so much about them as part of how you can leverage it. You don't want to scare people with the amount of data that you, you show to them. Um, so having that sense of really knowing you know, your, you, who your users are and how to actually convey the message to them. Right. It also ties really nicely into the omni-channel um, concept that we've talked about before, but re- omni channel is when there's context switching. So the user is going from an online application and then they get stumped and they pick up the phone call. How many times have you called Steve uh, a company for customer service and you've been chatting online back and forth through email and they didn't resolve your issue? So you finally pick up the call. And you have to start from square one, talking to that agent. Why can't this CRM pick up and read through your emails and know exactly where you are and, and solve it? Users get frustrated when they have to start over and over again. And the omni-channel um, philosophy used in conjunction with hyper-personalization knows who you are. Hi, Steve. I see you've talked to, you know, my agent here and you're stuck on this. I can help you with that. You saved time. You saved um. You know, money and you increased your brand loyalty.
0: We we're talking about the member experience and customer service and uh, hyper personalization and um, so much data out there, all of this, um, you know, we're moving to a world where AI is going to be doing all this, right? Oh, yeah. that's, that's now been uh, set in stone with the advent of tools like ChatGPT and the capabilities that are, are almost complete that they're going to be able to manage huge call centers through AI and you'll never even know the difference. Right. Yeah. First of all, you personally, how scary is that to someone who is who who lives in this world and then how exciting is it?
1: Yeah. I personally, I think it's exciting. I'm not scared by it at all. It's we, it's so human like that people get scared, but it's really not human. You know, (laughs) it's really just a really smart, Um, data query um, that is kind of using what we were talking about today behind the scenes. It's kind of like hyper-personalized, you know, using the context of of what you're searching for. And you hit the nail on the head there of the biggest applications I see in our industry here is for customer service to really use that um, pre-talking to somebody in your chat bot. And then even the customer service reps, when they're getting the, you know, the call, um, they can use the 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 chat GPT GPT service on there and to kind of get the the right response to, to report back to the member. So Uh, yeah, I I feel like the, the future is exciting. It
0: it um, is exciting. It is exciting, but it does remind you of a commercial I always hear up here in the Boston market about the person who calls into the call center and gets an auto, an auto uh, teller or a customer service person who sounds very human. (laughs) And asks a few questions, and the guy finally says, you're, a, you're an auto teller, aren't you? And, and the, uh, the person, the, the, the teller says, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and says, um, so what do you think of my problem? Is that something you can help with? No, I think you need to speak with a human. <laughs> and then the guy says, well, can you get me to a human? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So well, hopefully we can, we can figure it. that out with the AI that, that yeah, they can definitely. actually solve the problem.
1: right? Hey, humans aren't going to go away. You're, <laughs> there's always a need for um, omni-channel, right? Switching from that chat GPT-type uh, powered um, service to a, a human.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, job security absolutely. for us all. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, on that note, this has been exciting. I can't wait for the blockchain uh, conversation next.
1: Yeah. Yeah talk
0: i want to say thank you very much krista you were wonderful and uh, have a wonderful day and everybody out there listening thank you for listening and uh, let us know how you feel about the the episode and signing off from vitech talks the podcast thanks
1: steve